cannot think of an introduction. Uh, never mind. Welcome to Hand of Pod. <laughs> <That'll There's just nothing. Nothing's coming out. I've just watched Manchester United go out of the European Cup, and I'm just not in the mood uh, to come up with anything witty and intelligent, as of course I normally do every <laughs> single week without fail. Man, um, switch up the podcast now, really. Yeah, it's going to be his other one. <laughs> uh, welcome to episode 94 of Hand of Pod. Uh, the boys are all back in town. Um, I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined as I wasn't at all last week by English Dan in person. Hello, welcome. And by Joel Richards at all. Hello. Welcome back, John. How was, how was Uruguay? It was great fun, thanks. Um, I mean, it was a camping trip, road trip, and so torrential rain for the first three days. A little bit disappointing. Um, but um, no, it was, good. it was good fun. Beautiful, beautiful beaches, you know, very friendly, very laid back. No one there because we sort of missed the, you know, the main holiday season. But we have discovered, though, um, how the Uruguayan economy keeps going because you know they all drink mate, like. I mean, mm. like, yeah, crazily. Um, it's powered by matter. It is powered by matter because they charge you ten Uruguayan pesos for hot water. For hot water. Hot water, which is like five Argentine pesos. Like here, it's one. So that's five times, listeners. That's five times that much. So uh, hot a bit of hot water. Is in the kilo of matter, how much? Does that um, no, we we took everything with us. All right. <laughs> True Argentine style. Yeah. Don't trust the Uruguayan. No, don't they don't know what they're yeah. doing <laughs> when it comes to matter. Like, well, yeah. This is this is what you get involved in when you uh, when you hook, hitch up with uh, with an Argentine. So uh, so yeah. No, no. But it was all good. All good. Didn't catch. Really annoyed. I was in Montevideo actually for the the night of. Well, just leaving. Night, one of the penural home games. Mm. So massive oversight, but um, but I guess I was trying to have a holiday, not not much football. So, oops, sorry. Uh, uh, whilst you're away, Joel, obviously the the weekend just gone. Especially you managed to catch the Sunday games. I think you were saying to me. Didn't That's you? right. Yeah. Uh, you missed hell of a lot of goals, quite frankly, on Friday and Saturday. Um, so let's let's dive straight in. English done. Uh, I, I, I assume you caught most of them. Fingers crossed. Uh, I did see quite a few actually. Well, yeah. It was four games, wasn't it, on Friday and Saturday, and then a, a whole load of them on Sunday. Uh, which, which results really kind of stood out to you, apart from the obvious one that you were at, of course. Well, I think we had. There's a lot of kind of big results down um, down at the wrong side of the table. Relegation, mm-hmm. I think. One which was a cracking game, but really didn't do either the either of the protagonists many favours was uh, Kimmes Rafaela. The opening match of the weekend, yeah, which ended in a free or draw. And I think Rafaela really should have had it sign up, but they let in a, a couple of soft goals. And yeah, that was their chance, really, because in the Benyendi as well, dropped points. We had um, San Martin, who, um, who were down there as well in the relegation zone. We should say that in the Benyendi climbed out with, um, with that win last week against, uh, I can't remember who. <laughs> <laughs> but they went down this weekend to, um, to Arsenal 1 0. So it's all very, very tight and in that relegation zone. I think you've got in the Benyendi fourth bottom. Uh, with something like point one one point one four one four one, and then just above them, just below, I should say, cool. is uh, is Kim, so is Kim is, 
then you've got San Martin who went down 3-0 to, uh, to Vélez and then possibly you know what has to be the biggest inc- most incredible result of the week yeah let's leave that till the end can we not certainly know? the funniest result it involves yeah we should say it involves everyone's favourite perennial losers Union and everyone's favourite perennial winners uh, or every Gringo's favourite perennial winners at least um, indeed who, who quite a few Argentines we should probably say yes yeah, <laughs> quite a large section of, Ar- of the Argentine community yes. as well um, and yeah it could have got even tighter um, but for uh, a, a win in, in the big Clásico of the weekend uh, 2-0 on Sunday afternoon for San Lorenzo against River Plate um, in a match that was uh, completed at last after almost three years of, of my living here I've finally been to all of the big five stadia um, and I think as well to all of the, the Primera stadiums in, uh, in Capital Federal now. Um, I made a trip down with Mariano, uh, our friend who's... You have been to San Lorenzo before? I've not been to San Lorenzo before, no. Oh. I'd always been warned off because of my boyish good looks or something. Um, <laughs> must must uh, be that, yeah. Must yeah, uh, kind of <laughs> stabbed in the showers in prison kind of way um, from, from going anywhere near San Lorenzo's um, stadium. But Mariano has a car and he drives down there and parks it literally kind of outside the stadium but inside the the club um, premises uh, and very kindly drove me down and then very kindly celebrated in my face when Denny Strachwellosi gave San Lorenzo a lead after 42 <laughs> seconds. Um, Good hit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice contact. Mariano seemed to think there were a few fouls in the build-up to the goal. Um, I think it was a handball as well. Yeah? You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't see very much when I saw the TV replays afterwards. Um, and the, uh, the second goal was from... Um, Seto, wasn't it? The, the man whose who's name yeah. we can't pronounce the proper Italian way because it's an insult in Argentine Spanish. Uh, Maro Seto heading in from an awfully defended free kick. Uh, River Plate managed, I think it was one shot in the first half, and that was very easily blocked from David Tresigue. Um And then in the second half, they improved beyond measure. Well, probably the, the better side in the second half, but of course, when you're 2 0 up at half time, you can afford to let the other team be the better side. And I thought San Lorenzo's win in the end was. Merited. Uh, yeah, I think it was coming. They, they played like three game. Yeah, they'd have three draws up to now, yeah, right? Exactly. Two nil nils to start with, then the one all against Estudiantes. This is why I say the relegation table. If, if they hadn't won, could have just started to tighten up that little bit more. Yeah, they, they would have they been sort of looking over business. their shoulders. Yeah, but exactly. I think we all knew the win was coming at some point because under Pizzi they started. You know, he's really put the team out. You know, the first rule is we're not going to lose games. We're not going to concede goals every time. Like they say, you know, building up by one point at a time. In, in like Argentine in Spanish <laughs> that didn't really come out right but so, and I think that's one what game you, one game at a time no you kind of one point at a time you know. uh, if you're not going to win then you at least get that point and you keep sumando sumando yeah <laughs> so that's yeah that's essentially what I'm trying to say I've sort of forgotten what my point was but yeah under Pizzi they look alright yeah. I thought they were really solid yeah, yeah. Just really good outfit. You know, mm. They were solid in all the light I think they, they won loads of the 50-50s they did. I thought they just wanted them all yeah, that was precise. In the first half was bad. I mean, River were just phenomenally bad in the first half. Um, I had a lot of Diaz people... got sent off before. Mm. Oh yeah, before for being late. I heard R- Rivers, Rivers coach, uh, not as in manager, but as in vehicle that drives them to the game, um, got diverted round by police on the way to the stadium. As a result of which, they turned up about 50 minutes before kickoff or something. And apparently, Diaz, Diaz claimed after the game that he'd asked the referee. Can you kick off ten minutes later so that we've got that little bit extra that we need to, to get changed into warm up? And according to him, the referee had said yes, and then let him come out ten minutes later and sent him off for turning up late. The referee says that no, if he'd asked me to, I'd have let him, but he never asked me to. So this is again a lot of 
crosswires and the classic kind of stuff that we, we get in Argentina all the time of one person claiming that one thing's been done and, and that it's not their fault and then the other person saying well no it wasn't done so it's not my fault and so on and nobody's ever going to know what happened yeah, apart from Ramon Diaz and the ref there was a bigger uh, debate about this wasn't it and, and, and Rivers defeat was blamed on the fact that there were 50 minutes arrived 50 minutes before Kimmel yeah. um, and I mean obviously it doesn't help but I mean it's just completely sidestepping yeah. the, the issue yeah. of how they played I mean sure it's Precisely. not perfect they really shouldn't they should be obviously at the stadium way before I mean but you know people I mean, there's so many theories and rumours going around and, and someone said you know oh, someone said that they spoke to one of the border directors uh, directors sorry at San Lorenzo and they reckon that Ramon tried to get sent off on purpose to avoid standing in front of the, the platea at San Lorenzo and getting the abuse for 90 minutes he wasn't going to get abused he was going to get a, a good reception it seemed like he got a quite polite applause yeah, yeah. rather than yeah, um, yeah. And, and the San Lorenzo I mean Bottinelli came in for I, I was impressed in fact by the fact that right up to like the 92nd minute they continued to whistle Bottinelli even if he yeah. just had one touch yeah. and it went away it was <laughs> it, it was intense Carlos Araujo was, was, was fine he, he got a smattering of applause when he first came on and, and that was it because he kind of came out before the match and, and sort of said you know um, no hard feelings guys <laughs> sorry I left you but you know uh, but yeah Bottinelli was um, very much the public enemy number one um, for them um, but yeah it just seemed just limp I, I don't want to well, sort of start panicking and get into a discussion about how River is suddenly in crisis because it's it's one match and they've still got uh, nine points in the first four games and I've taken that at the start of the, the Donnell final personally as a River fan um, yeah, definitely, and and one of the problems was is uh, you know Ramon does have a few of his sort of eccentricities. One is having his son as his assistant manager, which meant that he had a guy who hasn't played um, you know top level football, who yeah, was um, United. I mean, well, yeah, right, sorry, sorry, with all due respect, not anger, Rupert Fry. Um, but you know, having to you know giving directions for the whole t- for the whole game, um, and he, and all, another one of his is you know one of his eccentricities, if you want. Is uh, is Christian Ledesma, and he was a player who hasn't, he's hardly played for like two years, mm-hmm. and who not only that, um, but it's also with an injury. He was wearing one of the you know, big masks. Yeah. He had, you know, I, I don't know what the injury was. But uh, he, he broke his nose against right. right. the, the right. previous weekend. Okay, okay, well, right. So um, yeah, I was away for that, but um, but I mean, either way, obviously, it's clear that he's not confident going into right. these fifty-fifties, mm-hmm. which, as I said, Sutherland's yeah. always so. won. So essentially, you're playing with ten men. Mm-hmm. If, you, if your central midfielder is, is shying away from tackles, um, you know, you're unlikely to win a classical that way. So, you know, it's just, you're right, there's no reason to, at all to, to, to panic or anything, and I don't think anyone really is, but, um, you know, you just wonder, this is the odd kind of thing, you kind of think, you know, they arrive late, you've got a player who's, you know, get, jumping out of tackles. It's just all adds up. Yeah, it up. doesn't look good, kind of at the management yeah, level, at the you know, it's at always, institutional level. Between, between everything, it all adds up, and it was you know yeah. when you look back at it, you think, well, yeah, fairly clear they were going to lose that one because mm. because of all these things. Totally. Uh, some of all these parts. Absolutely. Um, other matches we we're watching as we um, as, as we talk. We're, we're watching. Well, not the match actually at the moment. We're watching the build up to Newell's Old Boys versus Universidad de Chile, which is being played at seven fifteen p.m. Uh, Buenos Aires time um, or Rosario time in fact as well which is of course where the game's being played um, but Newell's played on Friday and they got a 2-0 win over Belgrano um, and a very impressive performance it looks like they might be sort of starting slowly to climb back to the kind of form that they were in particularly at the start of the Donnell Inicial that 
they, they impressed in the first round against Independiente and then they fell away a bit in rounds two and three um, of the Donnell final. Dan, did you catch that one? I watched the end. I literally turned it over just in time to see all hell broke loose. Yes, um, that was the main event of the match. There was a what, 10 or 15 minute delay. And this um, was right in injury time, right? Was the, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, 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 it finished up, yeah, in, in injury time. Um, with the police attempting to drive Belgrano fans out of the out of the stadium, apparently there, there was trouble the last time Belgrano fans um, went to to Newell Stadium as well. Actually, I think it was uh, against Colón they had problems, but it's the right. same police. Sorry, yeah, the police, police, yeah. police force. Um, the the police very kind of violently, I suppose is the right word to use. Really, when we're talking about, well, yeah, the they were giving some fucking um, heavy hits that day. yeah. Uh, driving Belgrano's fans out the stadium at which point a lot of the Belgrano players went over to protest try try and count the fans down try and count the police down possibly a little bit and uh, Gaston Turus the Belgrano defender received the YouTube video of it and everything you can can look it up um, received a a police baton in the face very deliberate you know no chance it was accidental swinging it back to somebody else Mm. to catch him it was aimed at his cheek um, and he ended up with a cut just below his left eye. Following day, he went into the local police office to um, the police station to to report it as assault, and was told, "You can't report the assault because we've already reported you for assault." It's utterly ridiculous. Yes. Um, I, I find myself saying it <laughs> perhaps slightly too much, but only in Argentina. It's dis- it's disgraceful. The, the, I mean, the the repression, the the, the violence of the police. That, in the first place, was was I mean, really full on. Yeah. I mean, it, against the supporters. This is the second time in two weeks it's happened in Santa Fe. Like, we, I think, yeah, I don't know if you guys talked about it because I wasn't here in person, but um, it was Union against Kilmes, right? Yeah. Where? Yeah, yeah, that was a very big goal. Hold on. Is it? We apologise yeah. whilst I look myself in the dock. Uh, I can't do anything about it. Yeah, where Kilmes were winning yeah, very, 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 yeah. Wickhamers were winning very comfortably, and I think it was the Union's fans, first of all, who started causing trouble trying to break into the, the Kilmer's end, which meant that the police, you know, in Santa Fe, um, started beating up the Kilmer's fans. And yeah, it really got really violent. And then it's kind of the same phenomenon we saw. After bit smashing a few heads in, they then kind of evacuate the stands. So now there's like policy now in the province, like amongst the police, like as soon as there's any sort of trouble, even if they cause it themselves. They just chuck all the away fans out of the out of the terrace, but it's not a great way to deal with it. Like you know, I think I saw one commentator. I can't remember who it was. Like an Argentine, Argentine football commentator on Twitter. He said something like, you know, uh, it's kind of the the equivalent of you know killing the patient to stop a cancer spreading. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, right. is sort of true. Yeah, it's not quite as extreme, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, we've seen it quite. Re- I mean, with Colón in. Paraguay as well it happened when the yeah. players barged in as well to try and try and stop mm-hmm. the police um, you know, beating up their, their supporters and also sort of getting getting a few punches yeah. and whatnot thrown um, but um, but you're right this one of the weekend with Turos was I mean opened up his face I mean his cheek you know I mean there was blood and everything I mean it was pretty you know, pretty serious and before that there were quite a few of the images I mean it's all just so clear from the images you know yeah. the, the and, and which officers it was as well um, and the fact that but then they then report him. I mean, it's yeah. just completely insane. Yeah. But well, another Belgrano player got sent off in that melee as well. That's right. Yeah. Which apparently it was for kicking a policeman, but I watched it a few times and I didn't see him land any kick. Mm. Like, 
don't know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'll, you know, I miss it, but I really did not see any, any kick to be sent off for. A very strange decision. And now yeah, he's going to be... Luciano Lolo. Yep, Lolo. Sent off, yeah. Um, yeah, bizarre. It was. Maybe he'll get done for assault as well. Well, if the other one yeah, got done yeah, for assault, we'll get hit in the face. Yeah. A kick. <laughs> Viciously headbutting the police <laughs> batting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we'll move on to, to happier subjects now. And another 3 3 draw. We've already mentioned Kilomets Atletico and Rafaela. Um, so the, the two games on Friday finished with a total of 10 goals. Um, some ripping entertainment for, for all to enjoy. Um, Colón Estudiantes then on Saturday afternoon also finished 3 3. After I think it was Estudiantes, they were the team were three one up with about ten minutes to go. weren't they? let me just double check. Beliefs, um, yeah, basically. Yes, they were. Demand uh, Sabata's penalty just after the arm up with three one up, and, um, and then there were a couple of late goals for Colón, Bakundo Corujet, and I've just closed the, the feature. I probably should have kept it open. <laughs> I've seen who it was. And then now Bernardino with a, a very good free kick. I don't remember the name, I can remember the goal. Um, yeah, to I always get free kick. Yeah, it's a no. good, good. Yeah, um, another entertaining match. Two, two, three, three draws in one weekend. I think we've had something like uh, around 30 goals in in 10 matches over the weekend. That's with two nil nil draws as well, which we're going to get on to. Ah, so I didn't see the only one nil nil draw. I saw one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was that bad a game, to be honest. It had its moments. Racing moments. Yeah. Tell us about it now, because I mean, River's defeat combined with the the, the point that Lanús got from Racing yeah. Stadium has put Lanús um, top. Means that Lanús are, are clear at the top by a point. They've got ten points after the first four matches. Indeed. Also, the first time that Lanús have gone through the first four matches of a campaign without conceding a goal. Previous um, best was three before, games. Before the go to the Racing Corner, can yeah. I say something about Lanús? Because I think it's just astonishing what uh, Mario Regueiro has said. Have you seen no, the interview? And no one's really seems to pick. I mean, maybe it's just because it's Lanús and basically no one gives you know yeah. cares because it doesn't sell or whatever. But but Regueiro, who's been brilliant for Lanús for the last couple of years. Uh, Uruguayan sort of, you know wide midfielder or, or forward he um, he said that basically when when Guillermo Barasquiloto the coach arrived he didn't know how to address the, the players like, he didn't know kind of how to stand up in front of the players and, and, and lead mm, right. and also that uh, Guillermo wanted to, to play a 4-4-2 and basically that the players Regueiro was one of them but he sort of said you know the the, the referentes in, yeah. in the uh, in the squad basically went and spoke to him, pulled him to one side, and said, basically just told him what was what, and then they they reverted. But in the interview as well, he, uh, Regueiro says, so he wanted to play four four two. We spoke to him. Now we're playing the same way that we played under Shura, and yeah. now we and that's why we're winning. I just think this is astonishing. Like the, the, one of the players comes out and says, "Yes, basically that we don't listen to our to our coach." Yeah, yeah. completely undermining. Completely, and, yeah. and basically saying that you know the experienced players have to tell him how to talk to the players yeah. to get yeah. him to respond. Yeah. I mean, I just think that's the kind of thing that I'm just amazed that. I mean, it's, it's a great interview. It's a really it's interesting that that happened and that, if, that this this is getting yeah, out. But yes. but usually these are the kind of things that are kind of kept pretty quiet, right? You know, they've the, got a coach who's a yeah. new coach. Yeah, I mean, I can't say it surprises me, the content, you know. Yeah. The new coach might need a couple of pointers from these guys who've been around, you know. Mm. 
years and years saying oh these are the guys in your squad that you need to, to keep an eye on and yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah no that's, that's logical yeah. but to come out and say yeah, he didn't have a clue and that we told him Tactics. how to yeah yeah exactly it's ma- yeah it's massive I hadn't heard that no but yeah, no, I, I thought it was, it was I mean I thought it was really interesting on the one hand and, and quite surprised yeah. that, because I mean it's totally undermining the, the coach but, but I mean that's it yeah. I mean, obviously they're doing very well so though I liked his skill right? yeah I liked his skill his quotes from the other day basically come out and said you know this was before the Racing game with his team you know, after a very good uh, initial tournament, and now at that point, you know, 100% record in the final, hadn't conceded a goal. He came out and said, Oh, you know, everyone kind of says that uh, it's tough being a coach, and maybe, you know, when I start losing some, I'll think differently, but yeah. it's not really that hard, is it? Uh, <laughs> not just challenging just like fantastic, yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just luck. It's easy, it's management luck, you know. I thought that was great, yeah. But tell us about the game then. The game, well, from the Racing point of view, it was a must, 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 must not lose. Because, mm. yeah, it was a painful 2-0 defeat against in the end of the week before. Everyone was pissed off, like, and it was just a really, really dark performance. And so, yeah, another loss, even though, you know, you could say it was against Lanús, the, the best team on form at the moment in, in the whole league, in the country. You know, on paper it's not a disaster, but you know, for the whole morale and the whole kind of spirits of the team, it would have been absolutely devastating. So, Racing came out more than anything not to lose. They put three Sincos uh, in, like number fives, defensive midfielders, uh, Pelletieri, Bolatti, and Zuccolini, which really did kind of strengthen up the middle. But it meant, on one hand, there wasn't really that much attacking flair. Although most of what Racing created. This is another name to look out for, uh, Rodrigo De Paul, a young kind of number ten wide forward, um, one of these players who has played a couple of times from the bench and got his first start against Lanús, and he was a bit isolated, didn't have much, but a lot of what Racing created, which was decent, came from him. Really nimble on the ball, loves taking the past people. Like he's not, he's more kind of Vieto than Centurion, you can yeah. say, but. Kind yeah. of really, really promising. So, if there's another one coming off the assembly line, that's yeah. that's good news. But yeah, at the same time, there wasn't really much being created by Racing. Like a few half chances, and this kind of three defensive midfielders all packed in meant uh, Lanús. You know, we know they love to kind of probe out out on the wings, mm. and the amount of times they beat our fullbacks to the ball and like got behind their backs and stuff. Like, if they could have put in a few more, but a few better crosses, then they would have won hands down. What was if it wasn't for Saka they would have won hands down as well he made a couple of brilliant saves what was the atmosphere like in the stadium after the obviously it was the first home game after the Classico which was an awful performance as we discussed with you last week mm. um, were there reprisals for the players or were, were they well received or? it was better than I expected I mean there was quite a lot of people there it was noisy there was yeah there was a couple of songs like there's a few sort of traditional songs in Racing for when the players are perceived to not be put in putting everything in so they had a few renditions and a couple more but nothing nothing too heavy just kind of saying look boys you're in wrestling and so just start act, start acting like it whatever that means you know after 40 <laughs> years and, and two titles but <laughs> stop winning <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it was it was alright and I think everyone was fairly fairly content with the with the draw in the end and now you got we've got Sam Martin coming up next weekend so Although a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of Racing fans who wouldn't be too upset to see uh, see a loss. No, this is where the whole yeah, um, sure the tactics come in. 
we shall start to discuss that in, in a short while. The other nil-nil draw from the weekend was at the same time, uh, which is why Dan didn't see it. Oh, no, it wasn't, sorry. It was uh, it kicked off about an hour before, which is, is why I didn't see it. And it was uh, Godoy Cruz versus Argentinos Juniors, who did um, improve, well, or put it as good a performance as they have so far. They were just playing a, not playing one of the best teams in the league, and they managed to, as a result, get a point. Um well, but Mati, you say Coda Cruz eight points from the first four games. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that, that's uh, that's the other thing. Um, Martin Palermo, as manager, we, we mentioned Guillermo Barros of not not finding it that challenging so far. He's, he's done fantastically as well. Palermo, two draws and two wins, I think it is from the first four matches. So they're unbeaten, uh, third or fourth in the league, third. Uh, well, if, if, if Olo hadn't missed his pen, penalty, mm. then yeah, would have been two points as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you catch any of that one, Joel? I, I was out there. I, I caught the. Red, um, the uh, no, the highlights and, <laughs> and and just the the debate about why um, the magician whose name is Can you forget the magician? <laughs> yeah, well, Remember his nickname, but exactly. <laughs> it's like, it happened recently. It's been in well, yeah, totally. I was talking about um, Aymar, and I couldn't remember his uh, El Pachaso Aymar. Yeah. I couldn't remember <laughs> his name. I was like, God, what's happening? I think it's aged as much as anything. Um, and. Uh, he basically said that he gave the penalty to Olo because he hadn't scored for a few games. Um, Ramirez just coming back from injury, and you know, well, you live and learn, I guess. But you know, I mean, on the one hand, it's, it's a really nice gesture by Ramirez, and on the other, mate, you just got to, you need, yeah. <laughs> you need to score the goal. It's, it's a generous country, field. as they say. It's a generous country. This <laughs> yeah. and, if, and if there's one forward, if they're forwards at one club, can be pretty sure that they can afford to miss or have a penalty saved, and the manager's not going to get two in a Well, exactly, mm. exactly. You know that it's going to be the club that Martin Palermo <laughs> is, is managing. At. Um, Very harsh, then. Very harsh. Uh, harsh but fair. Uh, harsh but true, yeah. perhaps. Um, Tigre All Boys was was also played um, Sunday afternoon. That was in front of an empty stadium. Uh, we mentioned myself and Santiago. Uh, on last week's pod that there was a, a firefight between uh, two factions of Tigres Barra Brava before their 3-2 loss to River in, in round three uh, and during the week I think it was on Wednesday night one of the, the fans whether he was a fan or a Barra um, you know whether he was involved in the fight or whether he was an innocent bystander who happened to be hit uh, but one of the guys who, who was hit by, by a bullet during that firefight uh, died of his injuries in hospital um, Partly as a result of that, and partly just as a result of, of the initial fight. Uh, the and now this Tigre Capo, like I can't remember the name, but I've seen it about mm. fifty thousand times. It's been all over the news all week. Go on. But what's what's the guy called? The head of the Tigre Bar. It's like every every time you open the paper, it's been there. It's not so like a negro top um, something or No, no. Mold. It's a negro Razuti um, or something. It's like a but. Yeah, it's all been about him, and like, I think he's got links with uh, Sergio Massa, the intendente of uh, Tigre, and all this kind of thing. Yeah, like. well, hang on, hang on. You're saying, seriously, you're saying there's a link between the Barras and, and the politicians? This is I, apparently what's I been. I can't believe What's that. been, you know, as hard as it is to imagine. No, no. Because yeah. I read today that with the Gimnasia one, the, the Barras. Negro. Fiorucci. I got the negro part. I got the negro part, right? You see, it's happened to you as well. <laughs> <laughs> just stop, just um, Fiorucci, I'm not in that. There's a little bit, yeah. Um, with the, the, I read just the, the Gimnasia Barra, uh, the fight was over the money that, um, who got the, obviously all the, all the, all the cash. Right, this from, was before the, the it was, was weekend it before, was it? Was it Chicago? No, um, um, no, it was Chicago. It was, uh, it was, um, it was Gimnasia, 
can't remember. It was it was while I was away. Then yeah. I, was, I was just trying to catch up a little bit. Anyway, the the fight there was over the over the money from the taxi business. Right. <laughs> in La Plata, but the right. whole you know yeah. who, who runs the taxi business mm. in La Plata is like bloody hell. <laughs> Indeed. Um, Sorry, just while we're on this, then it's why my phone's making noises. Um, Hugo Chavez has died. Hugo oh, Chavez has died. Yeah. Rest in peace, Mr. Chavez. Um, from all I had to pop. On on that note, uh, as we say, Tigray All Boys was was played to an empty stadium. Uh, after the game, lots of complaints from the players that it felt like a training session and not really a proper match, and and so on. I mean, yeah, but there's a reason that, that, that closed the stadium. Uh, but Tigre won two-one with goals from uh, two goals from from the man with three accents in his name, Martin Perez Garcia. Uh, one from a penalty and one from open play, and one for all boys from uh, Santiago Montoya Munoz. Um, might be the first time I managed to remember every goal scorer in a game with more than one goal without <laughs> looking at the computer. Um, I don't even know how I did that, um, but. 1-0 Murcia 1-0 to Ode Chile 3 minutes in It's a good start for Niels um, And that I'm trying to it, it was a big win for Tigre Because even after that win They've only got 20 points for this year And watching them in the Copa Libertadores On was it Wednesday or Thursday night last week Was I mean almost painful yeah they they were painful. absolutely largely reserved squad and it's become very clear that they're basically already prioritising the league so that they they realise that once last season gets wiped off the relegation standings in a year and a half's time they're going to have potentially more problems because they had an absolutely awful Doneo Inicial um, so they're already having to prioritise well, the league that's roughly when Leo Messi will be coming back right so I play for Tigre yeah. uh, sorry sorry so I was still on yours yeah, come back to news is much more realistic. Mm. Well, who you could Tigre bring back? Rakenu, Strakolosi, the Strak, the Strak, the Strak, that's it, definitely. Um, Diego Morales, but yeah, this Roman Martinez, of course. I, mean, I think it's a bit of a shame that after the way that Tigre sort of flew through and surprised everybody in the Copa Sudamericana, um, it's a bit of a pity that they just, I mean, haven't got the squad to cope with with playing on two fronts. Now, albeit it's nice to see them playing some decent football in the league because they embarrassed themselves during I think they've already got as many wins uh, during the Donnell final as they managed during the whole of the, the Donnell Inicial um, but yeah nice that they've managed to get a win but it is a pity that, that they haven't yeah, they sacrificed yeah, the copper yeah, as a result sure. uh, I mean as we said before the start of the season they, the chances of qualifying in the group were outsiders chances to start with but you can't help but think they might but I don't think it brings up the point that this rule um, that they give one Libertadores qualifying space to the team that goes furthest in the Sudamericana mm. it's absolutely shit it's just shit it's a ridiculous rule because it just it's going to put teams in there that aren't prepared and haven't necessarily done as much to uh, to deserve it as others let's say because sure. that's you know we can also take into account that I think still you know they change it every year so I'm not sure but the same teams can still qualify for the Libertadores and the Sudamericana, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Argentina. Yeah, yeah. And any teams that qualify for the Libertadores... This year, actually. It, it, I, I think, think it wasn't last players. year, but maybe this year, I don't, I don't know. It's not very clear yeah. at all what they're doing with it. But say there is, like, you know, you could have the thing, the situation that, say, two teams that already qualified through for the 
Libertadores through, I don't know, winning the leagues or through placing, also go furthest in uh, Sudamericana. And in that case, it would go to the third highest Sudamericana finisher. Wow. Mm. It's just an absolutely, you know, ridiculous yeah. way to choose it, rather than, you know, say, having the fourth best team from the whole year in. And you, no, you're not you're not, not you're not saying this in any way because Racing just missed out on qualification by one position. <laughs> no, Racing no Racing were um, away. Oh, of course, it, it was Lanús. It was, who missed out it was the year before, and we missed out because in yeah. the end they won the sort of many games. Right, right. Which maybe you can not have that many. But it's not too far about. removed, is it, from the the European cousin, whereby if you get knocked out of your your group stage, you go into the uh, into the um, Europa League, which is also. Awesome. Pretty exactly. Questionable. Yeah, no, pretty uh, completely. I mean, again, yeah. it's just like, how does this? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really make much. I mean, it does make sense because yeah. it keeps the, the the clubs that have qualified for that competition happy because they've got you know revenue and what what have you. But but then to be fair, I mean, in Commonwealth competitions, the, the TV money is minimal. Mm. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's going to change anyone's life. Near, all of the money, the, prize money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's nowhere near the the cash that from the Champions League. So so I guess there's not. That's similar sort of incentive. Sure. Um, we've got two matches left from the weekend now, and we're going to tackle them in, in reverse order. Dan's already mentioned that next week, uh, Racing uh, go away to San Martin, don't they? They or, did. Well, they go away yes. to San Juan to, to play San against San Martin. Um, and they're questioning, or a lot of the fans at least, are questioning whether, whether they really want Racing to win. Um, we've already kind of hinted at why, Dan, but take us through it. The, the, the relegation standings and, and what it could mean if, if Racing were to lose for example well essentially you've got the case that San Martin are a direct relegation battler with Independiente Independiente currently occupied the place just above the three direct relegation zones they would, have been, they would have been leapfrogged by San Martin had San Martin won last night yes, but they didn't they, they got tonked 3-0 by Venice yeah. so San Martin are now just behind Independiente Independiente have, will host Vélez next week maybe uh, let me just check no they won't because they've already played and beat Vélez so don't listen to me Independiente next week are at home to Godoy Cruz Godoy Cruz yeah that's the one which is not an easy game by any any stretch mm. of imagination for them so yeah the thinking is I think it's been all over kind of harassing fan forums and stuff it's you know it's divided the the, uh, the fans who who would like to you know see Racing take a dive and and give San Martin the points just to see him leapfrog uh, Independiente again, and those who say nah come on let's not fuck around let's, we've got to play you and, you know, there's no suggestion that Racing will actually go out and no exactly I mean, you'd have to assume that the, the squad and the, the technical team are not going to be having anything to do with this silliness but it's uh, it's quite amusing hearing like the online uh, yeah because I remember beforehand because beforehand you know say two three years ago it was all the other way around Independiente fans saying you know oh we're going to go out and lose against Gimnasia and stuff you know. so it's a bit, of, a bit of a taste of their own medicine back when Racing were in the promotion and all that kind of thing Mm. So I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna discourage it. No, do your worst. Uh, Vélez themselves kind of rediscovered their mojo in, in many ways in the last couple of matches. Uh, they they got a one 0 win away to Peñarol last uh, midweek, uh, Wednesday night I think it was last week, um, and then obviously the three 0 win uh, last night against San Martín in which there were two really utterly ridiculous red cards. Uh, did did you guys see the game? Not too much. Uh, so Andres, Andres Alderete got sent off. Five or ten minutes before half time for San Martin, when the score was, I think it was one nil to Independiente at the time, um, for just happening to run past an Independiente player 
who fell over. Independiente or Vélez? Uh, Vélez, sorry, you're right. Uh, Vélez oh, so I'll let you have one, over. but then that was yeah. the second Independiente, and I thought, um, and, and it got a straight red card for it, just utterly bizarre decision. And then towards the end of the game, uh, Vélez, uh, Federico Freire, young centre-back who, um, who, who's one of the many youth prospects coming through at Vélez, uh, also got a straight red card for something that was equally... I can't remember exactly what it was now, but I remember it happening and thinking, well, seriously. Um, so, yeah, very questionable refereeing in last night's match. Um, but, but there you go. Yeah. We've got to get onto this, to the biggest game of the we weekend have. and the most yes. entertaining game the, of the weekend. The biggest shock of the weekend, by far the funniest result of the weekend. Um, and certainly one that helped to lift the mood slightly of River Plate fans, sad from their, their team's loss to San Lorenzo, uh, was getting back to San Telmo in my case and, and walking into, into a bar to, to get something for eating, turning around and seeing the television and seeing that with 10 minutes to go until half time. Union were 2 0 up away to Boca Juniors. If you're a new listener, if this is your first time ever listening to Argentine uh, football in any form, you might be slightly surprised to hear that Boca Juniors do occasionally lose matches. Um, they were actually 10 games unbeaten at home, in spite of the, the crisis that we've been talking about for a few weeks. And Union were 26 league matches without a win, a run that stretches back to something like the 10th of May last year. Uh, they haven't won a single game in 2012 13. And they just, I mean, they played Boca off the park. They, they had a, a, a perfectly legitimate goal disallowed at nil-nil. Um, that was even with the return of the great man. Yes, you yeah, can, of course. Can I mean, the thing that made it even funnier, of course, which I've completely forgotten about, which yeah. is Dan's mentioned, uh, Juan Roman Riquelme uh, making his comeback for Boca after eight months of golfing leave or something, I don't know. Uh, whatever the hell it was he, he thought he was doing. Uh, Carlos Tevez style, I suppose. Um, and yeah, he couldn't do anything. Guys? Over to you, really. You can give well, a neutral perspective. I can't say I watched the game because yeah, I was coming back from the yeah. from the Racing game, but I saw the goals and it's the same thing. I think we've said a couple, a few times already on on the podcast, so we might as well repeat ourselves. Like this isn't uh, Bianchi Boca. They're leaking goals and the defence looks absolutely atrocious. I yeah. think. Yeah, I think there's an interesting debate. Joel mentioned. With, I mean, before Bianchi came back, you mentioned that the Bianchi boys would be returning and bringing that instilling that spirit back into Boca. So. No, no, the Bianchi boys are the, uh, are the coaches. It's, sure. it's, the, it's the legacy, it's, that, it's the new generation of, of coaches. But I mean, I mean Bianchi's taken over and, and he's, he's, he's got the legacy of the Falcione team. I mean, he, he, he made, everyone's saying, oh, Bianchi's had a pre season yeah. and he's made his signings. So, well, no, he had a, a mid season transfer window which allows them to make two signings. But whatever you say about that team, whatever you well, want to say about three, the Falcioni And also, whatever you want to say about the Falcioni team, it was boring, it was shit to watch, it was, you know, whatever. Yeah. It was strong in defence still. Yeah, until yeah, the yeah, final yeah, day. For sure. As I said on last week's pod, which obviously neither of you heard because you don't listen when you're not on. But I don't it's, listen it's, when I'm on either. But it's not as if Bianchi and Falcioni's styles are, you know, Enormously far removed. No, no, no. First of all, Boca have got massive problems, um, just basic individual mistakes as well as organisational mistakes, which I was surprised from Bianchi. But the wider thing here is that everyone was like, well, all right, Raquel is going to return and that's going to sort it all out. At River, everyone said, um, hang on, the reason River didn't win is because they didn't have a number 10. They didn't mm. have an organiser. Mauro Diaz didn't play well, and that River need, a, need that kind of classic enganche. So it's like, well, that's uh, clearly not, not the case. You know, the enganche doesn't suddenly sort everything out. No, it's not a legend. Um, I mean. Turning yourself into a one man team. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but 
So, I mean, a lot of things are going wrong. I mean, Guillermo Bordiso hasn't played well at Boca, and there's no denying that. Um, and he has, you know, when he did play very well at Arsenal beforehand, but, but he hasn't. He's been making a lot of just very basic, basic errors. Um, and, but as always, in these, at Boca particularly, and, and River, the two of them in particular, but all clubs, there's all the politics going on um, behind the scenes. So, you know, it, it's not that... Bianchi was ever going to come in and just immediately Boca were going to win comfortably 2-0, 1-0, you know. Well, I don't know if you, you talked to any Boca fans, Joe, but that was exactly what they were expecting. Yeah, no, sure, sure, sure. No, but, I mean, but the thing is, everyone's saying, I mean, Boca could still totally win the Copa Libertadores and not do bad in the league. I mean, yeah, we're, I mean we're still yeah. very early on in this in this season and, and in the campaign for the Libertadores. So if anything, I'm starting to think it's more likely now because the fact they've started so appallingly would make it ten times more annoying if that did end up happening. But I mean, Bianchi said in the press conference after this game, he said uh, he you know he, he likes to play games with the, with the journalists and everything, and he said um, you know the team in nineties in his first year, so what's that ninety seven was it mm-hmm. ninety eight yeah. um, also lost to Union three one. <laughs> It was actually wrong. It was in two thousand and one, but, but but the point's there. You know, they they still lost to Union three one, and that year they won the Continental. That so the, the other quote that I liked after the game was from Riquelme when he was being interviewed by uh, ESPN. I think it was after the match, and uh, and and they said, you know, you 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 weren't that good today, Roman. Sorry to to put it to you, but. How, how do you feel generally and, and do you think you can pick up your performances from here and he said well you know when I came back in 2007 I hadn't played for a long time as well and I was off the pace and I kind of thought yeah you were six years younger <laughs> I mean, well that, that, is, that is true and, and that's, that's the quote actually I finished a, a piece that I just wrote about about Raquel's return with exactly that and you know the, the last time Boca's last couple of Edelores came after Raquel returned after a con- contractual dispute of course he's different, it's a different Raquel but I mean, that's not to say they haven't got good players around. I mean, I think the challenge, you know, for Bianchi is obviously to tighten up the defence. I'd argue that they've got to find a way to accommodate Raquelme and Paredes, because... I heard as well that there was a young kid who made uh, a pretty impressive debut, uh, Palacio. Yeah, I mean, from, from yeah, 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 I think it's, I think it's Mariano. Mariano Plaza. Or maybe they call him in Mago, I'm not <laughs> sure. <but laughs> no. I know he was from uh, Tucumán native. That's yes, he, he, he is uh, a Tucumán, he's probably a Tuco, right? Yeah, Tuco Palacios. Tuco Palacios. Um, that's what he's called now. Yeah, yeah. We've got the copyright on his nickname. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, he looked alright, but I mean, again, there's just the, the team's just not working. Yeah. But um, but that said, for all Boca's problems, you thought, you know, only on 26 games. Mm. I mean, yeah. yeah, and as I say, a ten ten match unbeaten home run for Boca in the league, at least as well. Um, really wasn't expected. And as we've been talking, Unión de uh, Unión de Chile, Universidad de Chile, have taken a two nil lead away to Newell's in seventeen minutes from the penalty spot. Um, so Newell's perhaps not keeping that uh, good run of form together, as I said earlier, be uh, with the Belgrano match. <laughs> that be right. We shall see. That's But. Yeah, I mean, any other big talking points from the weekend to round up, guys? Off, off that wasn't from the weekend, but, you know, since we're watching news at the moment, there's one massive issue we haven't yet covered, which is this oh, torneo it? final will be Gerardo Martino's last at the helm of news after a, you know, mammoth stay of three short seasons. He's going to be seeking new pastures. Why? I've, I've missed most of this story, um, but I oh, wish I could about. tell you. I'm, I'm going to leave it to Joe. No, I, I haven't heard the reasons. No. Um, all, I've, all I've heard is just that he's made the announcement and that he's standing very firmly by it, and to the extent whereby they've 
you know, the question was put to him, he said, like, let's say Newell's win the Libertadores, you wouldn't be tempted to stay on and take Newell's to the World Club Championship, yeah. which is obviously is what would correspond. And he said, no, 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 no. no. Wow. He said, he's definitely leaving June. If they reach the Libertadores final, he'll stay on till that, of course. But, uh, but he's definitely leaving. So, I'm not sure. Maybe, I don't know. I really don't I, don't know what, what's going on here. You wonder whether he doesn't want to burn out, whether he doesn't want to... He feels maybe there's only so long he can work his magic at, at Newell's. Maybe there's an offer on the table. Um, I, I really don't know. But, but it's a shame. It's a, it's a massive shame for, for Newell's, for, for Argentine football as Definitely well, yeah. that kind of... No. And also, I mean, for the club, I think it's really important because he's, he's clearly a brilliant coach. And for the, for the, youth, the, the young players, just reaching that level where they start to make it to the first-team squad... You know, someone like that leaving is is a blow for the club because he's someone who brings players through, and uh, you know he's, he's, he works very well, and um, and it's, it's bad for the game. But well, I'd be interested actually. It'd be interested to see where he goes. Yeah, I'd be interested to see um, kind of to hear what Newell's fans think of him as a coach because you know it's not something we get to hear much. Living in Buenos Aires, obviously you can go speak to Boca fans yeah. and River fans, and you know what they think of Bianchi or Diaz, and you know Independiente fans or Gallego, but. Since you know, there's so few news fans outside of Rosario, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to find out without traveling. Because nothing else happens like, outside no. Buenos Aires. No, everything happens. That's you know, a lot happens outside Buenos Aires. But no, I mean from the media. The media bubble, yeah. No, the media's point of view. Yeah, yeah. Opinion, um, yeah but, I'm not talking about the media. I'm just talking about regular fans. And yeah, yeah, Sometimes yeah. you have, you know, we get this kind of media impression of coaches who think, ah, oh, they're they're fantastic and stuff. And then sometimes you can go talk to a normal fan and like. No, it's a complete charlatan and complete yeah. prick, you know. So, yeah, so, no, it'd be interesting. But I get the feeling there that they're pretty behind him. Yeah, but certainly on the, on, the, on the feature that I saw that had the interview with him where they put this question to him and they spoke to fans, everyone mm. said, you know, there's nothing, we can never say anything bad about Tata Martino. He has played with most yeah. uh, appearances for Newell's. You know, he won the, he was there for the glory team yeah. under Bielsa, who won the Libertadores, and then he came back. At, at well, he's the, the reason that right now they're playing in the Libertadores yeah, instead exactly. of absolutely battling relegation right absolutely absolutely so so that's what so the supporters who were interviewed on this in this feature all, all said yeah. basically that that you know okay. nothing they can recriminate him for yeah I've just looked up the quotes uh, while you've been talking and yeah I mean he basically just says I'd already made the decision a while ago was it the cycle's finished no. yeah, yeah. Uh, it was already yeah. resolved from before what was interesting um, is today the um, in, the reasons. in the local radio in Rosario they were one of the board of one of the directors at Newell's uh, said I mean you know that they don't know what the situation is going to be in Bilbao uh, um, but but they're, they're pushing apparently Bielsa's they're pushing to get Bielsa back really yeah really fighting there kind of yes. falling out with a few players a few directors right, yeah. right. that's perhaps the one signing that a provincial Argentine club could make that might force the Buenos Aires media to incredible. take some, yeah. some notice of them also um, they did maybe. say that this board of directors who's apparently very close to Bielsa did uh, sorry director who's close to Bielsa did say that um, so it's, it's definitely going to happen I mean it's yeah. uh, Sooner or later, Bielsa yeah, will return yeah, yeah. No, I'm to sure. take over. No the thing is, they're pushing them now that now that Tata said he's leaving in, in June for it to be yeah. at this uh, for the next season. So, so there's a lot more chance of him coming now than there was the last time they they went round him, which yeah. was what, in 2011. Yeah, yeah. Had, I mean, a massive well, one. Well, that's why I his house and it was. <laughs> 
but now you know you're looking at Newell's which is in far far better shape than that shambles that mm. tried to bring in Bielsa one of the best coaches in the world you know last yeah. time now I could see it almost going almost that Martino laid the groundwork and now they want Bielsa to come in and yeah. Yeah, and become a legend again uh, we've had a couple of questions so we will play some music now and then we'll come back and answer them and fingers crossed we get a couple more in the next few minutes so. We're going to start off with these ones by email um, from Ralph Brown, mainly because I forgot to ask them last week. Um, so apologies for getting to you late, Ralph, but we're here now. Um, he says, I hope you and the guys are well. We are. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Dan's much better than he was last week, I hope. So what, what happened to you last week? It was actually a bit, it was a bit of flu. I'm down with you. But when you said it like that, I thought you were going to say it was a little bit touch and go, actually. <laughs> oh, no, Dan. Yeah. No, it was it was pretty nasty. It was nothing case nothing to to a full bro. Was it that cold here? No. No, but these bugs, you know, they go around. No, a lot of people have been down with yeah. the flu and that, yeah. The, the other thing you have to consider, John, is, you know, yeah. it, it's a very crowded city, and have you ever seen an adult Argentine male cover their mouth when coughing? I oh, know, I don't. Oh, that's that's just such a horrible image. It's, it's very easy to pick up all kinds of things here. I had a dose of food poisoning on, on Saturday, um, which was not very much fun. I've been uh, fine, thanks. Did that come from someone <laughs> coughing on your feet, like? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm not sure where it came from, actually. Uh, he says, a few, a few questions to answer at your leisure, but we'll answer them. Yeah. Well, all you did was ask how we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we told him. Uh, how are football clubs coping with Argentina's economic problems, inflation, and so forth? Great question. Great question. Let's let, we'll let you answer it, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm excited about this one. Less, not just about the, the inflation, but... Um, the dollar is a big one. Dollar, That's yeah. a really big one. Because there's a situation where, just towards the end of 2011, they put restrictions on currency exchange, basically making it difficult for, um, <coughs> for locals to buy, to buy the dollars, which created this then black market, mm. parallel market, called the, well, the blue dollar. And at the same time, because of the problems, the inflation and whatnot, They've been trying to convert and switch all the contracts from dollars into pesos. I thought they had to for AFIP reasons. Maybe for they tax to reasons. For, for tax reasons. Because yeah. do you not do you not remember the start of last year the initial mm. the initial? Or I think it was like Botinelli, Fernando Ortiz, quite quite a few players yeah, exactly. that couldn't what, play because of hold up Botinelli's yeah. Uh, registration yeah. for River. Exactly. Well, this well, kind of thing, but yeah. that was over the triangulaciones as well, right? It, yeah, well, there's a few different, yeah, different yeah. facts in it. But I think the dollar, uh, the yeah. dollar thing was was a factor. Well, certainly, I mean, uh, we mentioned Reguero early on in the pod. Actually, mm. he he had a problem with Lanús as well because it, there's, I mean, it's about sixty percent difference in value now between the the blue dollar and the official yeah. rate, which means it's obviously a massive stumbling block for <coughs> yeah. contract negotiations. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, to give you some idea, the the um, the dollar, the, the blue dollar in Argentina at the moment is somewhere around. It's gone down a little the, bit now, the but official yeah. pound. So you know, I mean, the pound to dollar ratio right. is, is like one point five five. Yeah. But yeah. in Argentina, the dollar is worth as much as the pound at the official rate. Is. But then the blue pound's like twelve pesos. Yeah, yeah, yeah the blue pound's about ten. Yeah, ten point ten point two or something. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I'm gonna get my brother come over here with some pounds. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you are done sponsoring oh, your or, or indeed if you're a listener who wants to post over some pounds in cash to us we can't do them via bank but if you're in a fit but if you're in a FIP official that was a joke <laughs> chiste chiste yeah. bottom line is that it's it's affecting them massively yeah. especially inflation like you know I think as fans we've all seen how much tickets have gone up when I first came here like uh, popular was 30 pesos. So it's still full though, right? I mean, it's no, people it's still going on. Yeah, it's not people that they're actually stadiums. No, 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 of course. Price of tickets. There's people still yeah. filling out stadiums. Let's tell you see a lot of this, of course, is because members of clubs get into the popular normally free. Um, no, they pay the membership, but the membership sure, as well yeah, has gone up. Yeah, My membership's doubled in two years. And yeah. how much do you pay? I paid 50 the, in 2010. Okay, so you now pay Just at the end of last year, it went up to 100. So, yeah, so it's, it's doubled. I guess 50 a home game if you, if you say there's a Yeah, it's 50 a home game. Isn't it? Yeah. Which is what a popular would cost if I wanted to go. Yeah. Not but then, well, I'd probably have to pay 10 or 20 yeah. more. But, yeah. but then, say, when I first started going, it was 25. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when, when I first came here, which is 10 years ago, I remember going to River Plate versus, versus uh, Nueva Chicago. First day of the 2003 Apertura, Javier Mascherano's first uh, game for River. Also, our, um, uh, I've forgotten the name now as well. Marcelo Salas's uh, comeback match for River. Um, and the ticket, we were in the Centenario Baja, which is not the popular, it's at the other end, but behind the goal, was uh, 15 pesos wow. for a platea for the season. Then again, we have to see, you know, if you compare that to the average wage then, as it is now, like, Absolutely, proportionally, yeah. it probably isn't probably that much different mm. sure because sure, sure. yeah, you know 2003 they were coming out of the epic economic crisis still you know now yeah. part two of Ralph's question is that he asks about the, the economic problems because we often talk about transfer fees in dollars or euros or pounds on the pod is this because transfers are conducted in dollars instead of pesos um, yes essentially yeah. I mean yeah and also it's far easier to to report a transfer fee in, in dollars whereas if you say if a player gets bought for $10 million, it's, that, that sounds much more sensible than saying they've been bought for 55 million pesos. Yeah, but... No, but, well, no yeah, it's because no, the currency that's, that's coming in is in dollars yeah. or euros, well, it's, it's basically. also, I mean, culturally, in Argentina, they big numbers are always discussed in dollars. Yeah, yeah I mean, house, 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 prices, house prices are still advertised in dollars now. House prices are always in dollars, and the transaction is in dollars mm. as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, so, it's because of that. It's because, I mean, if you talk to, to any, I mean, any agent... It's just talking about trying to sell a player. I'll tell you how many, how many, well, they're yeah. after in dollars. Yeah, yeah. and how many, sure. how much dollars, how many dollars they want to win a year? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. They're, they're trying to sell them to Mexico, to Brazil, perhaps the States, certainly yeah. across Europe. So the dollar is is a universal currency uh, that they can talk. Sure. Um, he then says another question. I read your excellent piece, my excellent piece, in uh, When Saturday Comes on Julio Brandona. Thank you, glad you enjoyed it. Whilst you guys often talk about his omnipresent power over Argentine football and him being a canny political operator, are there any examples of how he's accrued favour over the years? Can we pick out just a couple that are going to last? How he's accrued favour? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Joel. Yellow card. Um, in favour sorry sorry, sorry I was distracted by the, the um, by the phone call oh, the, I presume for political overlords let's say well he, he's managed to manoeuvre his way through uh, through very different, uh, different sure. let's say uh, political panorama in the country to put it mildly uh, <laughs> I mean just recently how he's aligned himself with the government for the football paradox yeah, and the make sure he's the one who's overseeing all the contracts and getting the money so he can then you know, spread the money out to the clubs. That's that's coming from somewhere. Like he's got a very good relationship with um, Anibal Fernandez, to name one person. It was I don't know if he still is, but he was mini- like cabinet minister 
up until a few years ago, and he's also vice president of uh, of Quilmes. Yeah. So, which is fairly big conflict of interest as well I'd say but, <laughs> but still yeah he's, he's always been good at making the, making the right alliances and, and making sure he's there mm. no absolutely I, I was just wondering whether part of that question was quite what he meant and whether because in terms of getting the support in terms of the club he's been yeah. an absolute fan I mean he's just been a spectacular politician yeah, yeah. Because he's, and, and as he's well he, he holds back a lot of the TV rights money that comes into the Apple from the clubs until they desperately need it to pay players with at which point he says well you know think of all the things I've done for you over the years you know, yeah, exactly. if you want this money you're going to have to do something for me and I mean this is he, he, watch The Godfather or The Wire start to get someone to also, study what goes on inside who never knows yeah with less kind of connotations he's been also sort of described as sort of Mr Fixit mm. and that any problems you've got he's got the solution too. Cuddly and Uncle Don no exactly but, Don, no, no, but totally and so you know and it's not just Wages or whatever, but it's to do with you know if you need work done on the stadium, you know he's got the right yeah. people to, to in touch you can put with. through the planning, you can blah, do blah, that, blah, blah, yeah. blah. and it's just all this is all a way of constructing the power and therefore you know the votes and it's self-perpetuating. So uh, as I said, I wasn't sure what, what quite what he meant by from the question, but I think the answer is in both senses uh, yes. Mm. <laughs> um, and finally, a question for English Dan. Uh, do you worry about the general age of Racing's team? I had a look through Wikipedia the other day, and he says, with the exception of the young lads breaking through, most of the players seem to be in their early 30s. Is this kind of demographic common in Argentine teams with so many playing in foreign climes during their peak years? Um, to that last bit, I would say definitely yes. And yeah, I think it's, it's fair enough to say. As for whether English Dan is uh, worried about it or not. Over to English Dan. I can't say it's something I've really thought about in much detail, but... It's true, with Racing you've got this big kind of disparity between the older guys, you know, you've got Cambronesi, Sand, uh, Vichar who's also getting on in age, Pelletieri, Saka, although Saka is the goalkeeper, he's got a few more years in him yet, you think, Ortiz, and then at the other end, yeah, Centurion, Vieto, uh, Farina, Zuccolini, De Paul, who I just mentioned, uh, Alejandro Garcia, who's a left back, who's played the last couple of games. So yeah, there is definitely this that kind of hole in the middle. I think Cajas is about is around that age and Pichud. They're about 26, 27 yeah. by from. But uh, apart from Australian that, yeah, Dan, we're a bit the hole in the middle. Australian Dan used to sort of make yeah, kind of this donut effect. Donut yeah, effect. Um, it's definitely true. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and yeah, the, the guys in the middle are those who either aren't, aren't good enough or maybe just didn't quite have the right personality to go to Europe and, and settle. Mm. Um, Basically, if, if you're kind of in your mid to late twenties and you're still playing in Argentina, <coughs> you're probably not going to make it out of Argentina. Mm. Well, it's the names you just mentioned there, Pichu and Cajas, sure, fit yeah. your description. De- decent players, but nothing. Both went to Europe and phenomenal. didn't make anything yeah. themselves. So, uh, Botinelli, I'd say, is the same. Botinelli. Jonathan Botinelli. You know, went to Sampdoria, didn't work out. He's back here. Yeah. And, you know, he's you know, he's a good professional, decent professional. Cavarnesi as well. Yeah. Went to Europe, yeah. didn't do didn't do much. <laughs> <laughs> kicked a few people and lifted some yeah. trophy um Tresiger what's he ever done um anyway <sighs> never heard of him no. uh Leo Rossomano asks uh, via Twitter question for the podcast who are the worst referees in football Argentina is Delfino one of them or am I just blinded by rage uh, Delfino was the referee for River's defeat at San Lorenzo um on Sunday worst referees in football Argentina can we pick out just a couple Lustau is is dreadful. Yeah, and he's famous, isn't he, for the for the river, Boca, uh, the Boca River, 
when I, he didn't give River I mean mm. yeah. three yeah. three stonewall penalties and six possible and <laughs> overall six probable yeah. penalties mm. um, in La Bombonera I mean, at La Bombonera yes um, Lunati just still cracked Lunati is just Lunati's one of the most high-profile ones as well. He's the one that gets a lot of the Conmebol, like the Copa Libertadores, and Sudamericana gigs. Yeah. It's Lunati. He's retiring though at the end of the season. Thank God. Baldassi still, still, you know, he no, retired. Baldassi is, is now politics. Yeah, he's right, going to be. Yeah. He's going for an intendente job in Cordoba under Macri's party, which means now he's just scum. My word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, <laughs> who, who's the one as well who has? Is it Abel who has the kind of reputation of just being a massive, massive homer? Every single time, Homer. Was it so? Homer, that's in bias towards. Have you never heard that word before? I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought you were about to say halfway through that word. Oh, homer. Homer. I was really worried. There, I was like, Sam, where no, are you going with this? It's Homer. Um, <laughs> it is about, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, at least it is. we could say. If you haven't noticed before, before a game kicks off and it's being refereed by Diego Abel, just allow that to affect your your betting thinking or whatever. Uh, if, if you're a betting person. Um, Pesotto yeah, as well we haven't mentioned yeah. no true yeah um, although I don't, he hasn't he hasn't left for ages is he quit he's he kind of does the classicos occasionally and like, yeah, that, yeah it's not used I think he does a lot of these games of Libertadores and right. international games mm. the, the other ones the, the two that irritate me as well I, I must say while we're on the subject of referees and it's not their own fault uh, are Pablo Lunati it is Lunati's fault and Nestor Pitana who's another awful referee um, both of them have one T in their surnames and I see so many Argentines write their names with two T's does that annoy you? Just, it really irritates me as, a bit, <laughs> as somebody who freely admits to being a massive pedant it's incredibly <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure pr- Pitana has two T's no it's, it's oh, yeah, both of them have yeah. one no Pitana has both two more, T's but you see it on the, Lunati on the, has one but Pitana the, I'm sure has two TV captions and professional journalists can't seem to agree on any of them either hmm. it's, it's utterly I'm not sure. You, I'm not sure you're right there, Sam. You know your pedantic I, I, I think, I qualities think might right. be up for you. I, I think it's okay. I've, I've always seen. I've, I've always seen Pitana with with one and one. No, one I've already, one. Um, I've already yeah. seen it. Two T's, one in. Oh but, my god! I, well, I say always. Obviously, I've, I've seen exceptions, but I've, I've seen it more with one and one, which is why I seen that was the right one. I don't know why. But certainly, I mean, Lunati is, is Lunati one is one, and I see it frequently with two. Uh, it's infuriating. Lunati anyway. looks very much like Rolfing Montenegro. Have you seen this? <laughs> Every time. But the thing is, the first time I saw it, I was like, God, they look really. It was, it was the Did game. Did you ever referee the Pendi Empire? It is, well, this is it. They were side by side. I was like, bloody hell, they're like <laughs> separated at birth. And, uh, and now every time I see it, I see yeah. it even more. You can't Seriously. not see it. Yeah, 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 especially from like, profile side on. We've just gone silent because Ooh. when he messed it up, the um, just failed to score when the Check ball. it out, oh, seriously. Rolfi Montenegro and Lunati. So bad as he had more attention to that. Uh, Billy McGann asks Is football betting popular in Argentina? And in light of the Europol scandal, how clean is the Argentine league? Uh, the answers to those questions funny are if, yeah. that football betting could not be less popular in Argentina. Our friend Seba, who used to appear on Hand of Pod every week, uh, places a bet on perhaps four or five matches. A year, like in the Premier League when QPR are playing, and he feels relaxed about it. And all of his Argentine friends are convinced he's got a gambling problem. Um, <laughs> I mean, Argentines just don't bet on things. Like funny enough, seen, yeah. The funny thing, football. the funny thing is, um, in my neighbourhood at the moment, there's kind of this big series of betting that's going on between the old guys that I know. And it started with it's always every time I bottle of champagne, and I think it started with 
Vélez against Independiente mm. when yeah there's like a Vélez fan and an Independiente fan so Independiente guy took it when no one was expecting it took it again because the the Vélez guy bet on um, bet on Racing so he was happy with that and then he just overplayed his hand a little bit more and bet on Peñarol and so <laughs> the the Vélez geezer came back a little bit so it's still getting a bit heated in, uh, in the barrio like there's a lot of champagne changing hands. Like every every time Vela's played, there's there's some this is what some Chandon action going on. Yeah, is talking about that. I had um I, for a very short while I, I tried my hand at yoga and it, uh, <laughs> with certain issues, you know, just muscular slight injuries. Where everyone said you got to do yoga, mate. Right. Like, oh, fair enough. So I went along, and you know it's all very om and all this kind of stuff. And the guy who runs the the the, the place uh, just up in Belgrano, um, after a while he said, cheers what does he do? And yeah, I told him, and, and, he's, and he was like, oh, that's really interesting, he starts talking about football and everything, that's fine. And then a couple of weeks later, he, he said, John, come over here, come over And basically, he was saying, he sat me down, and he said, um, how can I bet? I, I want to try, and he, put, he said, what's this called? Uh, Paddy Power. <laughs> and then, and, and another one, he was like, be win or whatever. And basically, because he, he, he wasn't allowed to use his credit card to open up an account um, abroad yeah, course, from Argentina. Yeah. Right. Here it's so all very, it's all very controlled. You've got the Prode, which is really old, and it's just like the, the pools, right? But it's not it's not taken. It's not a massive mm. betting uh, culture at all, as as both just yeah. said. But um, but yeah, this uh, this yoga instructor was basically uh, trying to work out. Basically, wanted me to set up an account for him, and he was like saying, you know, I'll give you like you know just ten dollars or whatever, you know, every week, and you just place the bets. <laughs> anyway, I haven't been back since. <laughs> Um, second question in light of the Europol scandal how clean is the Argentine league I don't think the Europol scandal's got much to do with it but I don't think anybody just, really thinks the Argentine league the, the, the no, questions that don't get asked no, don't really no comment, us. I mean, no the, comment. The, the, quote, the quote on that that I always remember was, was from 2005-2006 before the, the 06 World Cup when Calciopoli was happening um, and for some reason I think it must have been BBC did a kind of global report on what the world's media thought of it, um, and one of the the guys that they spoke to and, and heard on the TV there was was an Argentine um, journalist who said it wouldn't happen in Argentina. This and they said, what wouldn't happen in Argentina? Do you, do you mean the betting? You know, you know the, the corruption wouldn't happen in Argentina. He said, no, no, no. I mean, this massive fuss when everything gets found out would not happen in Argentina. <laughs> and they said, why wouldn't there be a fuss about it? He said, because it would never get found out. It's just it, it's buried under too many layers yeah. of things, and not enough people care enough to try and and bring it all to light, basically. Sure. Um, and that, that's yeah. one of the things <laughs> that was just no. It, it just nobody in Argentina would allow it to be found. <laughs> Sums it up. Too like. clever at yeah, covering their tracks. Yeah. Like. Um, Billy Morrison asks up with a non-soccer related question: Do you care about the death of Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez? Yeah, yeah the it's, it's massive news, though. Um, really, what question? Really, it's, yeah. just, it's just so big for Latin America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for Latin America, rather than just for, not just for Venezuela, yeah. for us, us here. No, the whole, the whole movement for us, maybe. Yeah, Chavez was really a figurehead. You know, everyone yeah. was kind of getting behind him. It's like Latin American autonomy, like the regions, independence. You know. Yeah, the whole kind of revolt around wave, Chavez. Like the pink wave, they called it. Didn't yeah, they? Mm. the you know the sort of left-leaning governments yeah. to different levels, right? But. Mm. Uh, but I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's I'm a big less, loss. Uh, I think less chavista certainly than English Dan. I'm, I'm not sure about Joe. 
Um, oh, yeah, I wrote massive, my, my first ever piece actually in the Guardian was was a piece. Oh, pro sorry, Golasso for Niels. Brilliant free kick. Uh, carry on, Joe. No, no, game. just first, yeah, first ever piece in the Guardian, which I was obviously very, very pleased about. It was in the the 2007 Copa America, mm-hmm. and was about was how the, the the politics was was mixed which is in with the in Venezuela. In Venezuela, yeah. it was, was mixed in with the with the competition. <laughs> And about how you know, basically, yeah, football wasn't huge in Venezuela and, and blah blah blah. But but there was a whole angle on, on the Chavism, and um, it's undeniable everything they everything that they've yeah. done. I mean, it's not it's not black and white. You can't just say, well, of course this guy was all good or, or all bad. But um, but I mean, universally agreed, um, you know, data from like UN, World Bank, and all the rest of it point to the levels of poverty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just changing radically under massive Chavism. improvements in infrastructure. Yeah. yeah, so. You know, and, and I don't yeah. think there's, you know, that's, that's not a bad thing. No, no. Big, big news for Latin America, big news for South America, and it'll be interesting to see what, mm. what happens next, really, where Venezuela goes from here. Um, back to football. Rob Solomon asks, is Diego Simeone's four-year extension with Atletico the longest contract he's signed as a manager? Yeah, must be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly the longest contract. I'm not, I'm not his accountant, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, but surely it's, it's now the longest uh, spell he's had at any one club, right? It might be the longest uh, mani- spell that Atleti have had a manager for a while. It's only been, it's only been, been 40 months now. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. be the longest? Uh, um, I can't be that far off. Mm. How long was he at River? Well, he, he was at... A year. It, it was six clubs in five years. Right. So no, Before about he joined Atletico. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, Rassing was like five games. Was, yeah. No, Rassing was the whole season. Was it? No, no, it was the first time. Oh, the first time, yeah. Yeah, first time I think it was two games or something. Something like that, yeah. Um, but so, you know, obviously that, that bumps up the, the stat. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the answer to that is almost certainly yes. Uh, more than anything <laughs> as well, because he went a bit... Well, maybe Catania, he might have we've had a, a longer contract and Letty. No, because it's his first year. They give you, like, a year contract at the start. Yeah, yeah, OK, you're right. Um, no, so yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, and finally, <laughs> question. In depth answers you get, and very definitive as well. Maybe. <laughs> um, and finally, Mark Moorhead asks: Will Venice be the only Argentines to make it out of the Copa Libertadores group stages? No, Boca will too. You reckon? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll sign that now. I'm, I'm with Newell's as well. I'm going to bring up. Yeah, going to bring up the position. Newell's group actually is really tight. Uh, we've now got half time at the Newell's game, and they're losing two one at home to Chile. Yeah, like Chile. Exactly, totally. Um, at the moment, even yeah, if they lose, they're Chile with six. Well, Chile with six, and everybody else. Lada three, three games. The other one with four, and Newell's on three. Yeah. No, I think they all had three when they when they flashed it up earlier on in the game. Maybe they got it wrong. So. Uh, at the moment, we've got Bocke third in Group One on three points, level with points on Toluca, one point behind Nacional. Uh, Tigre bottom of group two with no points from two matches they're probably not going to make it through let's be honest Salvalo against Arsenal Arsenal are not going to make it through their bottom of group three with no points from two matches uh, and they've got a, is it at home to San Paolo they're playing away. on uh, it's next oh sorry yeah at home this week and uh, sorry away, ne- away this week and at home next week uh, Velez top of group four six points from three games but I mean, even that's tight. Peñarol got six points as well, and Iquique and Emelec are both on three. So. Oh, we haven't mentioned the Arsenal score ever since we that was the reason you had right, Santiago yeah. on last week. Yeah, we had Arsenal fan on last week. Santiago, who immediately after recording uh, left to to go to Arsenal versus versus Ronaldinho. It's a pretty um, incredible game. Um, Ronaldinho won five result two, for them uh, without scoring goal himself. Bizarrely, uh, Bernard missing a penalty. Yeah. And I felt yeah. very very. Sad for Bernard. Towards the end of the game, the uh, the Fox Sports commentators, Ronaldinho, got on the ball, and they said, "Ronaldinho, 
el gran figura de este partido, the, the man of this match by a long way. And I was thinking, well, Bernard's 20 and making one of his first starts. He scored three goals. You're not going to give him some... No? Okay, fine. Hello, that game was a fantastic hack. Right from the good old days of the 70s, from... I can't remember who it was. Diego Braggieri. Oh, that's disgusting. Um, <laughs> who then absolutely immediately <laughs> said, oh, it was an accident, honest. And Ronaldinho, after the game, went over to him and shook his hand and gave him a hug and sort of said... I think he was just happy he left his mark on Ronaldinho, but, really. It's yeah. about as good as he's going to get from Um... Um, Newell's Newell's uh, yeah um, well going into this game everybody had three points in Newell's group after two yeah. matches um, I think the other team must so be playing concurrently yes yes I think they are so, and they're drawn um, well, so right. very much up in the air I can see Newell's and I can see Boca unfortunately still qualifying um, Tigre and Arsenal it's slightly harder to see going through um, but you never know we, we've still got uh, and is, we think are going to go through I mean, it's still early days yeah yeah but there's I, I think they'll be okay they're at home to Peñarol uh, next week next Tuesday um, okay pro- yeah so a couple of hours after we record probably next week if that. Um, but no Glad. I think Venice are, Venice are going to go through and the other two also stand a chance um, but yeah Tigre and Arsenal obviously still count they've only played two games but it's going to be very difficult for them especially as as we say Tigre looking like prioritising the league um, I'm now going to play some music and this boy into my into my dressing room and put on my my wizard's cape and come out and tell you what's going to happen as Mystic Sam during the fifth round of the Torneo Inicial just as soon as that dog starts barking stops barking okay here we go um I think Venice Sarsfield are going to win away to Belgrano. I think that Godoy Cruz are going to win away to Independiente. Uh, Union versus All Boys. I'm going to go for a draw there. Union can't possibly live up to the sort of FA Cup, lift themselves to beat at opposition five divisions above them. Performance that they managed the other day, can they? Um, uh, Studiantes versus Newells I'll go for a draw as well without knowing what the Newells result tonight is going to be uh, Racing to get an away win even though some of their fans don't want them to against San Martin <laughs> Lanus to beat Arsenal and consolidate at the top of the league Rafaela to beat Boca Juniors <laughs> just for laughs uh, I think this might be the fifth River Plate win I've predicted this season but I'm going to go for River to beat Colón in the Monumento. Yeah, I think it's uh, San Lorenzo to beat Tigre in Bajo Flores. Argentinos versus Quilmes to finish in a draw. Oh, that's it. That was 10 matches, apparently. I've gone down to the, end, uh, the very end of the document. There you go. Uh, those are my predictions. Any fixtures that really stand out for you next weekend, guys? I'm going to be interested to see how River bounce back from their first defeat. Not only because I'm a River fan. But yeah, this, that's been upsetting me today because it's Tuesday um, <laughs> and we're a long way away from the weekend. <laughs> and People are already talking about the enganche yeah. or not the enganche. I was saying yesterday we told you on our radio programme that Trezeguet's going to be dropped. Mm. And today we're confirming it. <laughs> it's like you're not, and, are you? And so you're really no, not. You're not this is still on five th- days ago. Thursday, you're going to say, actually, Trezeguet's a really good in training and yeah. Ramon's going to stick with him. I mean, I mean, just don't, you know, just say for today, 
there was a um, trivial sat down with Ramon and Ramon Junior uh, at the training session, having a chat, and everyone's like saying, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Trevor gets being told he's out." So, well, how, you know, it's Tuesday. I mean, they've got four weeks' work ahead of them before match day, and just today it really upset me that that just level of you know, predicting the team. For, and it happened then, then it must then have come back from holiday more sensitive Joe uh, this yeah. well, press yeah, hyperbole yeah, is getting to him he's been in Uruguay's a more relaxed country he's no, been it's chilling out he's been, no, he's been on the beach in a tent without a radio without papers anything this is like. it, this is it. he's come back and realised what the media is and how ridiculous this all is terrified him poor lad it's just too much yeah I'm going to go back to Uruguay and open up a bar on the beach. Yeah, just <laughs> um, <laughs> go live without any TVs, radio, and nothing. Like, work for two months black in a year. Certainly no Wi-Fi. Um, Certainly no Wi-Fi. No, but then they this is the, they do the rounds and every and then they go to San Lorenzo, their correspondents to San Lorenzo. They go to Racing and they go to Boca, yeah. and everyone starts saying, you know, well the, the starting eleven is going to be, and they change every every day until Friday. Mm. Yeah. So, sorry, ran over. No, it's. Justified, I think I, I don't disagree with, with anything you said. Uh, we don't have any classicals this coming weekend, do we? No. I think, oh, maybe Argentinos Quilmes, but that's not. It's not, it's not a classic. Not really a classic at all, John. Look at that, a classic. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm getting Quilmes uh, mixed up with somebody else. Um, you guys I'm possibly getting Argentinos mixed up with someone else as well. Um, <laughs> Banfield and Lemus, <laughs> respectively. You're thinking of Gimnasia Estonia. Neither of you have spiked my fun there, have you? Um, anyway. There's <laughs> no more finette to spike it with, mate. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, let's leave oh, it on okay. that. Lanus you couldn't have a Classico I saw a lake calling it a Classico during the initial they, they were claiming that because they're both just south of Avellaneda big rivals who said that? Uh, about Arsenal? 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 No, Arsenal. That's, that's disgraceful I know. No. No. as disgraceful as Arsenal fans calling Racing or Independiente but Lanús is to the west yeah. of Avellaneda and yeah, it's south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're nowhere near each other. Huh. Uh, but some, uh, I definitely saw somebody calling it that, which must have been what was going through my mind. Um, but um, actually, two of the two teams who they're not a million miles apart, points-wise, distance-wise. Well, they're not a million miles apart, literally, obviously, <laughs> but they're not not that that close. But yeah, they're, they're it's first versus fourth, basically. They're only two points apart in the, in the league mm-hmm. table, um, so that's going to be interesting. Arsenal have got. Five points more than they had at this stage of last year's Clausura, which they ended up winning. Um, they had three points after the first four rounds of the Clausura, and they've got eight points right now. So that's what you're saying. There's hope still for Racing if we want to win the league. Oh, very so we've nice. got four points. Yeah, well, we're, we're four games. Right, we're, uh, what is that? Like a fifth of the of the campaign. So yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it's still anybody's to win. <laughs> Breaking news from Underpod: the Don now is not over yet. Um, on which notes, uh, if you want to send any donations, as, as we said a couple of weeks ago, for either for Annette or for a microphone or indeed for Joel to open his beach hut, uh, please do. Just I'd like to open a beach hut as well. You can yeah. PayPal them to Sam at Astel Gold Sierra. Or water, water for Matty. Or water yeah, for Matty, water. Yeah. Uh, Or indeed Sherba for Matty. Or indeed Sherba. In, in, in Uruguay. Um, yeah, PayPal them over to Sam at Astel Gold and, and just let me know uh, what it's for, for Annette, microphone. Beach hut, any share about whatever, it's all yeah. fine. Um, or anything else. We, yeah. we hope you, that you've enjoyed listening. Um, I need to pay my rent this month. So. <laughs> 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 we 
hope you've enjoyed listening and we will see you again next week or well you'll hear us again next week maybe uh, we're not going to see you but for now it is goodbye from Mr Richards goodbye goodbye from Mr Edwards goodbye it was a pleasure and goodbye from me Mr Kelly goodbye <laughs>